Hey everybody, welcome to Glitchy Pancakes. I'm Jesse. And I'm Rob. We've got Allie with us. What's up, Allie? Hey guys, how's it going? It's going all right. Um, we are, this is kind of a special episode, a little um, outside of our normal Wednesday content because we are um, wanted to commemorate and celebrate and give a little tribute to um, one of the, the bright stars in fandom who sadly passed away last Friday. Uh, the 28th, Chadwick Boseman, um, a fantastic actor, generally awesome human being. Um, he uh, passed away from, as you probably have all heard, from uh, cancer that he'd been dealing with privately for four years, uh, including the time when he was working on the Marvel movies. So pretty, uh, pretty wild story, you know, that he was able to do everything he was doing while actually dealing with cancer the entire time. Um, and... So we, we wanted to take a little time and just, uh, I, I, there are things I didn't know about him. You know, I, I really liked him as an actor. I'd seen him in things, but it's, you know, unfortunately it's just the way that you don't really tend to look deeper into people a lot of the time, even if you like them right. until there's a reason to, you know, until they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing a little looking into, you know, we've been um, reading up on him and who he was and what his career was like and everything. I thought we, we wanted to share some of that to celebrate his body of work for people that maybe are in the, same situation and liked him but didn't know all that much about him um and it seemed like a good thing to do because i, I know this was the same for both of you and probably for a lot of people this one really came out of nowhere and hit very hard um it did yeah for whatever reason it was just a i mean 2020 has just been a, a giant um horrible hyper fire but um this this one just yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's rough i know a lot of people are struggling with it right now um yes they are so yeah, um, but it, it, it's worth taking a look at who Chadwick Boseman was and right. where he came from and what he did. That's um, right. So a little rundown on his uh, who he was. He was born in 1976 in South Carolina, Anderson, South Carolina. Um, his mother was a nurse. His father worked at a textile factory and managed an upholstery business. Um, he said that this um, – he mentioned it a couple of times, so it seemed fairly important to him that his ancestors were um, Creole people and Limba people from Sierra Leone. Right. Well, as Yoruba people from Nigeria, um, so he really he respected his uh, his roots in um, in Africa, and you, you can see a lot of that respect, especially uh, as he played uh, Black Panther. You can tell there was a, a serious respect for uh, the cultures he was drawing on for inspiration there. Right. Um, he started. He was interested in, in drama early on. He was starting. He wrote his first play, a play called Crossroads, in his junior year of high school, um, and so he he was. One of, the, one of those people who knew they wanted to be involved in this from the beginning. Uh, he went to Howard University in D.C., graduated in 2000 with a, a bachelor's in directing, actually. That, that, was the, um, that seemed to be what he was most interested in, was actually directing more than acting at first. Um, one of his teachers, and there are some fun stories that came out of this, uh, mm-hmm. one of his teachers was Felicia Rashad, um, who became a mentor for him, helped raise funds, um, and where those funds came from makes an interesting story. Uh, but she raised funds so that Chadwick and some of his classmates could go to um, an Oxford program at the British American Drama Academy in London, which they had gotten into. So she helped him get there. Um, Rob, you know that story about uh, about where some of that money came from, right? Right. Um, so they usually send letters out. Um, and one of the letters, particularly for Chadwick, was from Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think it was a, a talk show host, a talk show recently, a few years back, where um, they th- there's there's been a joke between them where you know Denzel talking about paying you know getting getting payback with 
because of the big Black Panther money and stuff like that. And, <laughs> right. And um and you know, Chad has talked about it before. I think he talked about it on a talk show uh, without Denzel. And then, you know, I think they linked up and talked about it as well. But um, it's, it's just amazing because uh, um, we have three people who are, were, who are icons in their own right. I mean, we have Chadwick, who was a rising star. And then we have Felicia Rashad, who's, I mean, she's Felicia Rashad. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. And, 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 then we have Denzel Washington, who, in his own right, is is really one of the greats. Just of and and a, and a extremely smart person. Like you just listen to it. You can listen to him talk for for hours, and and the things he has to say are, are always relevant. Seems like, but mm-hmm. for him, for a person like Denzel to have helped a person like Chad Chadwick, and it just it speaks about you know generational, you know help and how to building generational wealth mm-hmm. you know because yes you have to see the talent in felicia rashad saw the talent in those students and they got accepted and so why not help them and uh philanthropists like mm-hmm. denzel were willing to do that and that's it's just one of those kind of humans touching humans type of stories like yeah. really putting the time and Denzel has a lot of money, but willing to just put that money into helping another person achieve their dreams is something that people really should just step back, take a look at and go, you know, even at the smallest level, I can do something like that for somebody. You know, it's a great story. It's a fantastic story. And Chadwick has inspired millions of people. yeah, that's how that paying it forward thing, you know, that that's that's how and why it works. And right. it's it's cool to see that happen where you have somebody with the the you know, at that point already just amazing career. I think you'd won Oscars already and everything that that Denzel had. had. Right. And to just pay it forward for other people, just to give them a shot because this is not you know, it was never guaranteed that anybody's going to make it but we know that it is uh, in pretty much any industry you work in is going to be more difficult um if you're a black man like like edward bozeman right. um so to get that help from people like felicia rashad and denzel washington um, I, i'm yeah it, it's a great example of how paying it forward because like you said he goes on to inspire just millions and millions of people worldwide um well, and I, I think that part of the the interesting part of what you guys are touching on is, um, so when I was a kid, you could probably pick out five or six black people who were pretty darn famous, right? Right. Um, and they got all of the roles that went to black people. Right. Like just them, mm, only just, those right. people, right? Right. And then you have... Um, like you said, uh, Felicia Rashad and Denzel coming along and helping this next generation, which by the way, this is another reason we need to keep the historically black colleges and universities around. That's right. Um, Absolutely. Because they, they are making a change for the better and it's, it's why they get attacked so often. Right. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but, but then for, them to invest in him and now he goes on and you you could just see it in the entire production of black panther which i'm sure we'll get into later but the number of people who were black who worked on the like on screen and also behind the scenes it's Mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. just fantastic 
yeah. represent representation. It just, it really matters. It really, really matters. Yeah. We definitely want to get into that in a minute. Um, and the, but like talking about that, that helping out in that way, um, that's something that, you know, Chadwick wasn't just taking advantage of the help that he was given and right. not thinking beyond that. Right. He, uh, um, his, he got his first TV role in 2003. It was on an episode of the show, third watch. Mm -hmm. Um, then in the same year, he got a role on All My Children, the soap opera. Um, he later said he was fired from the show after he voiced concerns to producers about racist stereotypes in the script. Right. Oh, wow. So he was, and this is, I mean, 2003 doesn't necessarily feel like that long ago, but it was 17 years ago. Um, and, you know, things have changed a lot since then. And he, he was speaking up then and, and boldly enough to, to get fired. Mm -hmm. Um about problems that there were. Um, interesting little bit of trivia there. The uh, role was recast, and it was uh, the role was then given to Michael B. Jordan, who ended up being the, <laughs> playing the main antagonist and right. playing Killmonger in Black Panther. Nice. Right. Um, that was an interesting little thing. So uh, Chadwick continued writing plays. Um, he he wrote several plays. It was something that he was always interested in. He loved uh, the stage, and he really loved the writing and directing aspect of it. And then he got into movies. People started to recognize his uh, really incredible acting talent. Um, his first starring role was in 2013 when he played Jackie Robinson in the mm -hmm. film 42. Great film. Um, yeah. This is one of the interesting things about his career is the, is the, the people, the, um, the importance of the roles, like the, mm -hmm. the importance of the people who he, he ended up portraying. Yeah. Like he started off with the, Jackie Robinson. Yep. He was in several other movies. He also played James Brown in uh -huh. the movie Get On Up. Get on um, in which, by the way, he did some of the singing and did all his own dancing. Right. And mm -hmm. That is no small fear. You're talking no, about James Brown. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, like it, one of one of the most uh, unique and recognizable and energetic styles of dancing ever. I mean, that is that's getting into a role right there. We can have a whole battle. conversation about James Brown himself. I mean, oh, wow. Right. Right. I mean that. I mean. Uh, but I mean, Thurgood Marshall. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, he played Thurgood Marshall. Um, yeah, major roles that he took on and really, I mean, you can tell, you know, they talk about the work ethic of certain actors and he was somebody who was determined whoever he was going to play, he was going to fully inhabit that role, right. whatever it was. Right. Um, he, he just brought everything to it. Um, of course, he's, he's best known for uh, the five Marvel movies that he was in. The first one was Captain America Civil War where he was introduced, which is, in my opinion, one of the best uh, introductions of a character in the entire MCU. Mm. Right. The way that that was handled, the way his character was brought into it, was really strong. It was I remember very, the. Uh, I remember being in the in the theater for it, it may have, I don't remember if it was, I don't think it was at the end of Civil War, but it may have been. But the post credit scenes, you know, what everybody mm -hmm. got got used to there being a post credit scene, and the one where they're showing this. You know this country that you're like, what, yes. what, is, what is this? And then it, it pans over and you see the statue of the Black Panther. The reaction of the crowd yes. when that happened was was really something else. Like everyone was like, "Oh shit, this is happening! They're going to make a Black Panther movie." There was an audible and gasp. There was an audible was. gasp when that when they panned out and showed the Black Panthers, the Bast statue. When they mm -hmm. showed that, it was an audible gasp. And yeah. the music, oh, and the oh, the heavy drum. Oh, yeah. oh man, it, it was an audible gas. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is not happening. This is not happening. Yeah. Oh, my, it was great. Well, because comic fans knew, like, for a lot of people, right. their first exposure to um, to Black Panther was the the movies and his introduction in the in the MCU. Right. This obviously, this is a character that's existed for a long time in comics. Very much. Yes, yes. Um, 
1966, and, and, I think. Yep. Wasn't that uh, when he came wow. out first? Fantastic, um, Fantastic Four. Um, um, I'm going to have to look it up. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he was actually the first African character in, uh, comics. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. He was and not, then, I mean, that's over, that's over 50 years ago. If that, if that date's right. I think, mm-hmm. so. I think, I think, I think she's right. I think she's right. Yeah. I think, July I think of was, 1966. It was fantastic for yep. number 52. Number 52. Yep. Number 52. Mm-hmm. I, I, see, that's a comic that I've been wanting for a very, very long time. <laughs> um, it's it's man, what a prize that would be in your collection if you oh, had one of those boy. original. <laughs> well, I well I love the Fantastic Four and I love Black Panther and it will be like I have a I have the the Black Panther um, comics where he was uh, taking the place of Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen, which was pretty cool. Um, there's a there's a few comics that I do have uh, older comics that I have I've had them for a long time, but like that character being portrayed like. I'm I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say it like this: Chadwick Boseman played the Black Panther. Like mm-hmm. he, if you knew the character, like he's probably the most. It was he. He did a, a damn good job portraying and, that and, character. Yeah, and is one of the most interesting characters too because it's it's not his his powers. The powers of the Black Panther are part of it you know his his right. superhero part power is a part of it but his actual life and what he does and the choices he makes and the the um, conflicts that he faces as t'challa as as the the, the king you know right. like as the as the person not the superhero mm-hmm. were just as interesting if not more so right but well, this was definitely a royal drama. superhero face yeah it was definitely yeah. a royal drama we we got to see uh, a game of thrones per se in in that film um, it was <laughs> the powers actually played like a second. It, it played a second seat to actually what he had to do as king, and how he had yeah. to grow as mm-hmm. a young king after his father passed away. Which is a real kind of like coming of age, getting into you know get getting into the role type situation. Because if you if if you didn't if people didn't know his father was still Black Panther up until he mm-hmm. passed away. Well, he wasn't doing the things that he needed to do like T'Challa was, mm-hmm. but it, oh man, I just, it's difficult. To, yeah. It's difficult. It's difficult yeah. to talk about it because death yeah. is a huge part of that film. A yeah, huge I'll tell part you, I, of that film. And I can't watch, I can't watch the movie right mm-hmm. now because of it. It's tough. To I, I can't it. either. It's tough mm-hmm. to watch it. <laughs> Honestly, I know I'm gonna. It's gonna take some time before I can really, you know, emotionally survive <laughs> going right. back and watching that again. Right. Um, but it was, yeah, it was an incredibly well done movie. Obviously, the anticipation was massive for it, and it turned out to be so extremely well done that you know it's one of the is arguably the best of the Marvel movies. You know, like you could right. you could absolutely make that case. It's, it's definitely one of the best. Right. Um, and a big part of that, um, Ali mentioned earlier about how, like, just the, the that's one thing that really struck me about it when I saw it in the theater. I went, I, went, I saw it, I think, three or three or four times in the theater, and I remember noticing, seeing on, it was just seeing on screen that it was so centered on African people, like that, mm-hmm. it, and I was like, holy shit! So they actually can, like that you can make a movie like this, and it's good enough, and you don't like. I think what Hollywood's been afraid of is like, well, if there aren't enough white people on screen, then who's going to watch it? Well, I'll fucking watch it. Everyone right. will watch it. Right. It, it, it actually, I mean, 
and and you had a lot of the work behind the camera, as Ellie mentioned as well. Right. I mean, you know, the director uh, Ryan Coogler, like just to that had a lot to do with it. You know, like right. he ran a lot of how things were done so that it was that way, and he made it just boldly, unapologetically African. Did right. you read um, his statement on on uh, Bozeman's death? Oh, I did not. I have no. not yet. It was. It actually is is a beautiful, beautiful tribute. But he actually says that um, part of the reason that he came on is that he came into the studio and saw them uh, working on saw Chadwick working on um, the Captain America movie and saw him and said, "Oh God, I really want to be involved if that guy is going to be Black Panther." And so mm-hmm. that's why he jumped into the film. And then he actually wasn't even sure that it was going to be a, a thing until Chadwick pretty much convinced him. So um, <laughs> let's see. He said something like, uh, this is our Star Wars. It's Lord of the Rings, but for us and bigger. Right. Um, so that was how Bozeman described Black Panther. And I think right. that they achieved exactly that. They did. Um when you went into the theater, I don't know if you guys, if it was the same everywhere, but when I went in um, multiple times to see it in the theater, there were groups of people just dressed up yep. um, in traditional yes. African clothing or at least in the patterns and, you know, headdresses and amazing makeup and jewelry. And um, the costumer, by the way, for Black Panther was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. And I, I should... I should have looked up to see what, what her name was. I've read it and I don't remember offhand, but the, the amount of time and effort that was put into uh, getting proper, uh, you know, cloth and the patterns and, and honoring, um, you know, that part of the world was just amazing. Uh, so. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to Ludwig, Ger- uh, Ludwig, Ludwig Gorison as well. The mm-hmm. guy who produced the music for the black panther yes he's a white dude great great score really but he he went and and stayed in in africa to actually get this he he is he went and stayed in africa to actually get african artists to help him produce this music not the kendrick lamar soundtrack but the Uh score for the film and they use artists from those areas to actually mm-hmm. produce those. And he, I mean, he really, everything that was done for the film, like you guys said, was centered around the culture. And it was when, when it blew up, like no one thought it was going to blow up in mm-hmm. places like China and other places where there aren't a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. When it blew up mm-hmm. in those places internationally, that's when I think that's when a lot of the Hollywood execs said, hold up. OK, wait, <laughs> well, maybe we were wrong about something. And Chadwick Boseman was a part of that shit. He was a part of that shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and more so than more so than a lot of people know, too. Like when right. there were several things that he did that he uh, advocated for as the star of it. Um, right. The. The language and the accents, for one, this is a, mm-hmm. a fascinating thing to me because um, they had uh, he, he learned his. Um, they decided to make uh, Kosa language the um, the official like language of Wakanda for the purposes of the movie, and um, he learned as he was able to learn his lines uh, in the Kosa language, and uh, and they said he was able to do it extremely quickly. And then there was a lot of uh, Ryan Coogler pointed this out in his statement. Said that there was a lot of 
um, conversation and, and controversy over how T'Challa would sound in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chadwick advocated really strongly that his character needed to have an African accent. Um, it, when he spoke English, it needed to be in an African accent because he wanted to present T'Challa as as Ryan Coogler put it, he he wanted to, wanted to present T'Challa to audiences as an African king whose dialect had not been conquered by the West. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really important. It worked because um, there were there was something like everything about that movie and how just how strongly that that cultural aspect of it was done. Um, Ali mentioned being at the at the theater and seeing you know the costuming and everything like that. Um, <clears throat> one thing that really got me that <clears throat> excuse me. Um, this I'll, <laughs> I can get through this I swear um, <laughs> is a I remember seeing there were a lot of families there um, I saw a lot of black families that had gone to uh, to see the movie together and a lot of younger kids and the looks on their faces coming out of the movie um, mm-hmm. that was that was pretty amazing right you know, just the 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 joy of it. On, on generations of faces, not just right. on yes, children. Right. It was on everyone's. There was a woman who sat behind me and she was probably in her mid sixties and she had the best time and she came out of there and I've never seen a happier person. Right. I think that's yeah. why this has hit so hard, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's, it's not just a movie. It's not just an actor. Mm-hmm. It's like, He's this shining example of black excellence. Yes. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everything in this movie and and really in all of his movies are just so well done. Um, He just he was captivating. He was um, he actually carried himself like a king. Right. Right. Um, Totally charismatic. Yeah. And so for this brief moment, there's this huge celebration of blackness and, you know, the acknowledgement Mm -hmm. that the only thing that's been holding people back, black people back is racism it's white people right um right and the you know the the taking of their natural resources and things like right, that right right addressed in the they, movie. Ha- they hated being called colonizers they oh yeah, fucking yeah. hated it yeah and well it was... and and you know we all if you're white in america guess what folks <laughs> <laughs> guess, <laughs> I mean, guess how you got here yeah right um, well can that so that the what that represented, you're right. It was like it was it was a huge cultural moment and, and really meaningful to a lot of people. And it's one of my favorite uh, things that uh, in science fiction and fantasy has has been the rise of Afrofuturism. Mm-hmm. Not not the it's not a recent invention. <laughs> this no, has been right, around, um, but the rise in popularity. Um, or as I know, there are some like Nebio Korafor, for example, who prefers to refer to it as African futurism right. um, rather than Afrofuturism, and for people who don't know much about it, it really is, it's, um, it's presenting a world in which, um, one of, one of the, one of the more common, uh, themes in it is to present a world in which, um, Africa was not, um, was not colonized the way it was, it did not have its resources and people stolen and murdered. And, you know, those things didn't happen and showing what kind of excellence and advancement and everything could have and could, and still could, Right. Um, come from the countries of Africa. Um, you know, it, it's it tends to be a very optimistic thing that that still recognizes, um, you know, uh, in in different ways recognizes the facts of what have happened. And that Black Panther was for a lot of people their first exposure really to African futurism, right. and it was a beautiful thing to see. Like so these, the most technologically advanced, most powerful nation on earth is uh, is an African nation. That mm-hmm. just right. The view of that, you know, just to be able to see that, it's like you said, the, the representation thing, 
I remember I, I had a sort of uh, a funny moment that I think some uh, other white people that I know had, which was noticing during the movie that there were only a couple of white people in it, and they were either cast as incompetent side characters or as <laughs> villains. <laughs> so I was explaining that. I was like, I noticed there was only a couple of white people on screen, and you know, one of them was a villain, the other was incompetent, and that's all the... Oh, that's what representation means. Okay? <laughs> that's what that feels like a little bit, you know? Like, okay, yeah, I, I see that. And I see, I think that just because Ryan Coogler has a tendency to be a bit irreverent uh, in ways that I really appreciate, I feel like there were some very intentional choices of that oh, type yeah, absolutely. in that movie just to show the white people who are going to watch it, hey, you know what this feels like? Yeah, get, get a taste of it. People, people missed a few things. Like um, there's a, 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 little, a, a little gag in there where um, Claw talks about his mixtape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they, people mm-hmm. missed that, that culture vulture moment. Um, right. <laughs> where he talks about his mis- mixtape to some some other people, and uh, it's uh, let me let me piggyback off of you guys for a second here. Um, you're right. So African futurism, which I recently discovered several years ago, and I'm, I'm, I'm I feel a bit ashamed about it, but I don't at the same time because we know that some things aren't just presented to people. Right. You discover things on many different levels. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but. With, when a lot of when a lot of children saw that, they I mean, like you guys said, you saw their faces, they, they exploded. I mean, they mm-hmm. saw someone that looks like them finally, you know, really kind of take command and take hold of a, a situation uh, competently. And um, handle it and then change you saw two people making life changes in a in a, mm-hmm. in a film and they were both black men mm-hmm. and I, I can't stress enough how fucking important that is that they were black men uh having emotions mm-hmm. making changes yeah. yeah being angry being sad um speaking to past generations telling them they're wrong uh mm-hmm. creating new concepts uh, and and respecting each other, even if they're on the different sides. And one of the best things they did in that film was kill Claw. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best things that they did in that film. And people don't realize how significant and how important that was, especially people who never read the comics, how really important that was mm-hmm. to just in him and in him and go do things your own way. Yes, Killmonger was a black villain. And I was mm-hmm. okay with that. That's mm-hmm. perfectly fine to have a black villain. But it was a villain that grew throughout this whole entire tenure. He wanted things that people were just like, oh, that makes me feel very uncomfortable. And that's the point. The point mm-hmm. is that if someone else does that, like, I don't know, fucking Hitler, that shit's uncomfortable and it's wrong. Killmonger wanted yeah. genocide, complete genocide. And, and the most fucking important thing about Killmonger that they made him was that he experienced the African-American experience. Right. That mm-hmm. shit was probably the most important thing that you, you're ever going to see. Mm-hmm. Because... And, and there's... Go ahead. You're, you know, you're right. I'm, and go ahead. Go ahead. I just... 
I see myself get off on the table here. It's just... <laughs> no, that's fine. I was just gonna I was gonna point out that what, what you were saying about how, like the the nuance and the subtlety and how the movie was written. Right. That's what impressed me so much about right. how Chadwick Boseman played the, right. the main character. Yes, is exactly because he was he wasn't just reading his lines. He right. was he was dealing with a lot of of thematic subtlety and nuance. Right. There, I mean, there were bigger things going on in every scene of that movie than than the set and the mm-hmm. and the script could tell you. He was and a true he navigated actor. all that brilliantly. A yeah, true he was Saspian. He pulled you into the role. He pulled yeah. you yeah, in. Actually, he made you believe that he has a conflict that he has to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, I kind of wanted to wrap up our little um, tribute to him with a couple of quotes from uh, from film critics who I thought had said some really appropriate things to say about him. Um, there was a critic, uh, Owen Gleiberman from Variety, who said, Bozeman was a virtuoso actor who had the rare ability to create a character from the outside in and the inside out. And he knew how to fuse with a role, etching it in three dimensions. That's what made him an artist and a movie star, too. Yet in Black Panther, he also became that rare thing, a culture hero. Right. And that is very true. And there's another quote that really has stuck with me that I saw from uh, Guardian critic Peter Bradshaw, who wrote about um, Chadwick's, uh, quote, beauty, his grace, his style, his presence. These made up Chadwick Boseman's persona, and he became the lost prince of American cinema, August, and inspirational. And that's, uh, that is, I, I could not agree more with that. We um, have lost someone absolutely wonderful, and we just want to encourage everyone to really try to, um, you know, appreciate his work, appreciate the man, appreciate his life, and what he stood for more than anything else. Um, I believe that's the best tribute you can give to people who pass away is to pick up the ideals that they believed in and carry them forward and, you know, live your life in a way that, that they were trying to inspire people to do. And uh, so, yeah, it's a tough one. And we uh, we will not forget him. We wish the best for his family. Definitely. And uh, that was... I'm, I'm happy to have known and seen the things that he's done and I'm happy that he's not in any pain anymore um yeah which is which is a tough thing to say but he if anything has left a lasting impression and legacy mm-hmm. to people in the in the future and he's done the thing that most people really want to do before they die and that's touch somebody and, and touch someone's mm-hmm. heart and really just yeah. put I mean there are going to be black children who become heroes and there are because they saw him. black men who change their lives to become heroes because of him and that's something like Peter Bradshaw said it became the lost prince of American cinema that's a mm-hmm. powerful statement and that's what Liverman said is cultural heroes it's right it's right yeah it's absolutely right well thank you everyone um appreciate you letting us process through some of this ourselves um while we're doing this and um we will be back on our regular wednesday schedule this may come out before um, we have more glitchy pancakes coming for you soon um we appreciate everyone listening and Thank you very much, as always, for your time and for paying attention. And we'll see you all later. Bye, everybody.